Well, happy Easter, everybody. I'm so thankful you're worshiping Jesus with us on Resurrection Sunday. This is a day of celebration. It's a day of hope. And the truth is, all of us need a hope. We need compassion. And in our country today, there is such a need for hope, such a need for compassion and love. We've seen so much tragedy in the past year. In fact, last month, the mass shooting in Atlanta when a 21-year-old man bought a gun early on Tuesday morning. Then that same afternoon drove to a spa where he opened fire and killed three women as well as one man and injured another. Then he drove 30 minutes to a second spa where he killed three more women. Then walked across the street to a third location and shot and murdered another woman. And six of those seven women were Asian. And uh, there are so many people across our country who are hurting today because of that tragedy, because of that evil. The youngest woman that was killed was 33. The oldest person murdered was 74. And then less than a week later in Boulder, Colorado, another 21-year-old man who had recently purchased a gun walked into a grocery store where he shot and killed 10 people. The, the first police officer to, to respond, a man with seven children, was also a victim uh, in that shooting. There was a young mother and her young son who were in the checkout line when the shooting started, and she heard the sounds, and she and her son ducked down beneath behind the counter, and, and after four or five shots, she said, run. She and her little boy started out the door to the parking lot, and the gunman fired at them. Fortunately, he missed and they survived. His first victim was an elderly man in his 60s uh, in the parking lot near the entrance of the grocery store and people saw him standing over that victim as he lay on the ground already dead, shooting him again and again. It's hard for us to understand how so much evil can exist in this world. But all of us know there is pain, there is hate, there is death, there is grief. And, and think about all that's happened with COVID-19 this past year. Across this planet Earth, 2.8 million people have died. And here in America alone, about 500,000 people have died from this, this COVID-19 pandemic. Recently, uh, a pastor in our area here in Rock Hill, his mom died. And she had been in the hospital for three months dealing with complications, suffering from complications associated with COVID-19. Many of us, I know I do, many of you do, we know people who have died from COVID, people whose lives have been impacted. This has been a rough year. This has been a tough year. You know, last year on Easter Sunday, most of us were not able to gather publicly for worship. We did it all online because the pandemic was new and things had only recently shut down. And, and in the year since last Easter, so much has happened and there's been so much suffering, so much death, so much pain, so much turmoil, so much conflict. I just want to say to you, we need the hope that Easter celebrates. We need the hope that is available because of Jesus Christ. And we need to know that Jesus cares. We need to know that Jesus has compassion and that, he's, that he loves us. And so today, what I want to do is take a few moments and remind you that Jesus really is a compassionate Savior and Lord. Remind you of the hope that is ours because the Jesus who in love died for you on the cross and was buried in that tomb 
also was raised from the dead. And that gives us hope that no matter how evil this world is, how much suffering and pain there is in the world, in our country, and in our own lives, hope, hope will win. Compassion and love will win because Jesus is king, he's Lord, and he's alive. And I want us to celebrate that today. The way I want to remind us of Jesus' compassion and of the hope that we have in him is by looking at a simple story from Jesus' life found in the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke in your New Testament in chapter uh, 7, if you want to open your Bible and look at it with me. It's, it's not one of the more uh, better known stories. It's a simple story. It's not a long story, but I think it's one of the most beautiful, one of the most meaningful stories from the life of Jesus that's recorded in the Gospels. And so I want to read it, talk about it, and just encourage us with the hope and compassion of Jesus Christ. Matthew, or Luke rather, Luke chapter 7, starting at verse 11. Follow with me. Here's what the Bible says. Soon afterwards, he, Jesus, went to a city called Nain, and his disciples were going along with him, accompanied by a large crowd. And in verse 12 it says, Now as he approached the gate, the entrance to the city, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a sizable crowd from the city, friends and, and uh, neighbors and just others there in the, the city, they were with her. And in verse 13, the Bible says, when the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her. I love that. He felt compassion for her. And he said to her, do not weep. And then he came up and touched the coffin. And the bearers came, those who were carrying her deceased son, they came to a halt, they stopped. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus, oh, this is so beautiful. Jesus gave him back to his mother. Jesus gave him back to his mother. This, this, this mother, this, this woman, she was already a widow. She was already in the past had, had grieved the, the loss of her husband. And now she was grieving the loss of her only son. And when it says here, her only son, it's the same word used in John's gospel when it says that Jesus is the, beyond, the only begotten son of the father. This is the only son she'd ever had. And now she's lost him and she's crying and there is loneliness and her life is not going to be easy because in her day, in their culture, it was difficult for a woman to support herself economically unless she had been had received a lot of money from her husband who had died or other relatives would take care of her. It was going to be a bleak future for this mother, this woman economically. She was going to be lonely. Yes, she had the support of the city, a large crowd in that funeral procession. But you know, the truth is, we can be lonely in a big crowd. And some of you are surrounded by people, but you still feel loneliness because you don't have those deep, close relationships. This woman had had them, but they had now died. And it was a sad, sad day. The funeral procession, it was an important custom for Jewish people in Jesus' day to honor the dead in, in, in certain ways. And, and part of that would involve a procession. When someone would die, they would, uh, they would place them on not really a coffin like we think of it today, but more like a, a stretcher. And they would wrap the deceased person's body in burial cloth. And they would take a small piece of cloth and lightly place it over his face. 
And then they would carry him through the city and the family and friends would be in that procession, the, the, the family and the deceased at the front and then others behind. And, and it was very common as they would go through the city, others who saw it would join in. And they would make their way out of the city to the burial site, which was usually located outside the town limits. And, and so here is this, this sad, this sad, heartbroken mom, this widow, this, this woman whose future looked bleak. She's walking at the front of that procession as others carry her only boy, her only son, who's a young man, probably in his 20s. And there's a crowd following because they're supporting her and they're weeping. And then here comes Jesus. As they are making their way outside the city, through the city gate, here comes Jesus with his disciples and with a large crowd who have been following him and listen, listening to, to him uh, teach. Here comes Jesus Christ. And as he approaches this small town, he sees this funeral procession and he knows, he knows he's God. He knows this woman. He knows her circumstance. He knows her pain, her sorrow. And the Bible says in verse 13 that when the Lord, when Jesus saw her, he felt compassion for her. The Bible translates that word compassion, but the root word, the original word in the Greek language comes from a word that means your, your intestines, your bowels. And so the, the image is something you feel strongly on the inside. It's like you feel it in your guts. It grips you on the inside and you can feel it. It's powerful. Some of you have known grief that great. Jesus knew compassion that powerful. He on the inside felt this tug in his heart and on his guts, if you will, of compassion for this woman who was now a widow and without her son and whose future looked so bleak. He felt it deep on the inside. And one of the things I love about Jesus is this is not the only time he was moved with that kind of compassion where he felt it on the inside. The Bible tells us there was a day when Jesus was moved with compassion because he saw a large crowd and many of them were sick and he responded by healing all those who were sick. The Bible tells us on another occasion Jesus was moved with compassion when he saw a large crowd of people and they were hungry. So he multiplied loaves of bread and fish and he fed 5,000 people. The Bible tells us there was a day when Jesus was moved with compassion because he was walking and he saw on the side of the road two blind men and, and he responded by touching their eyes and restoring their sight. The Bible tells us there was a day when Jesus was moved with compassion when a man who had leprosy, that dreaded disease that not only caused limbs to fall from their body but ostracized them in society, this leper came and fell on the ground in front of Jesus and begged Jesus to heal him. And Jesus, moved with compassion, responded by reaching out and touching this leper and cleansing him of that disease. The Bible tells us there was a day when Jesus was moved with compassion because he saw a large crowd of people and he knew that they were spiritually lost and spiritually struggling. They were like sheep without a shepherd and he began to teach them many things. I want you to know that whatever your circumstance in life, whatever your situation, whatever you're going through, Jesus looks at you with that same kind of compassion. 
His love for you is not simply something that is intellectual. It is something that he feels in the bowels, in the intestines of his being. He feels it deeply and strongly. He emotionally feels compassion and love for you. And so Jesus sees this mother. He's moved with compassion. And Luke tells us that he walked up to her and said something to her. He said to this mother, to this widow, he said, do not weep. Now that's a crazy thing to say to someone who is burying their son. Unless you're able to do something about the thing that is causing them to weep and to hurt. And Jesus was able to do so. He raised her son back to life. And Jesus speaks words of comfort to you. And to me today. And he can do something about it. In fact I love what Jesus says to me and you. In John's gospel chapter 14. When he said do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house Jesus said. Are many dwelling places. If it were not so. I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. It comforts my heart to know that one day I will be in the presence of Jesus in his house and that those I love who also love him will be in his presence in his house and that he is preparing a place for each of us who love him. Those words of comfort mean something to us. They meant something to many of us this past year when we lost loved ones, when we saw people who were friends of ours struggle with COVID and pass away. Jesus comforts us just as he did that mother and that widow. And then after speaking to her and saying, do not weep, he did something else that was crazy. He walked over to that stretcher carrying her deceased son. And the Bible says he touched it. And that may not seem crazy to us. Some of us have touched a coffin at a funeral home. But in their culture, when you touch a dead body, when you touch the stretcher carrying that dead person, you became religiously and spiritually unclean and defiled. And when they looked and saw Jesus, this holy man, this holy man, this prophet, this great teacher they all had heard of, walk over and touch that stretcher holding the dead man, that was crazy to them. But the Bible tells us one day Jesus is going to touch me. And he's going to touch you if we love him. In fact, the Bible tells us that when he touches us in heaven, he's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. And I look forward to that day when I feel the touch of Jesus' hand because he has compassion for me on my cheek, wiping away the tears that have that, that have come because of the pain of life. He's going to touch me. He's going to touch you and wipe away our tears. If I love him, if you love him, and if we are committed to him and serve him. But Jesus did another thing that was crazy. Not only did he walk up to this mother who was weeping and say, don't weep, don't cry. Not only did he walk over and touch that deceased body and that stretcher carrying it. The other thing Jesus did that was crazy was he spoke to a dead man. He spoke to a dead man knowing the dead man would actually hear him. And he said to him as he stood there, young man, I say to you, arise. Young man, I say to you, arise. And you know what happened? 
her son, who had been dead, sat up on that stretcher, and the piece of cloth covering his face fell to the ground, and he started talking. I wish I knew what he said. The Bible doesn't tell us. I can only imagine some of the things he might have said. I wish I knew what his mom said. I wish I knew how his mom reacted. We're not told. But what I do know is the Bible tells us that the crowd started glorifying and praising God and praising Jesus Christ. What I do know is that that funeral became a party, became a celebration. What I do know is that sorrow became joy. What I do know is that loneliness was replaced with hugs. And what I do know is that tears turned into big smiles. And the Bible tells us there's another day coming there's another day coming when similar things will happen to those of us who know Jesus and those of us who are following Jesus. In fact, Jesus himself in John's gospel is recorded as having said this. He said, an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs, all who are in the graves will hear his voice, Jesus, my voice, and will come forth. Those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life and those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. Jesus said a day is coming when every person who's ever lived and died, wherever they are buried, however they are buried, they are going to hear his voice. And when they do, they're going to come out of those tombs, some to life in heaven and others to judgment in hell. And it's all based on whether you've done the good thing that Jesus said do, which is to love him, follow him, obey him, serve him, and commit your life to him, or whether you've done the evil thing. And the evil is not just what mass shooters do. The evil is saying no to Christ. The evil is disobeying Jesus. The evil deed is to never respond to the call of God upon your life. And you'll hear his voice if you reject Christ. You'll hear his voice and come out of that grave to judgment and to eternity without God in the place the Bible refers to as hell. God himself tells us in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that the Lord himself, who's the Lord himself? It's Jesus Christ. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. And with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise. The Bible is telling us, God makes it clear that one day I'm going to hear the voice of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I'm going to hear Jesus shout. I don't know what he's going to say. Maybe it's get up. Maybe it's time to come home, but he's going to shout. And when he shouts, the archangel is going to speak and the trumpet of God will play the be most beautiful music any of us have ever heard. And when that happens, brothers and sisters, my grave is going to open. If you know Jesus, your grave will open. And I'm not going to just sit up like that man did in the city of Nain on that stretch. I'm not going to just sit up. The Bible says I'm going to ascend up and meet Jesus in the clouds, in the air. And I'm going to be with him forever and ever in his home because his home will now be my home. And if you know him, you love him and you're serving him, when you hear him shout, when you hear the archangel speak, and the trump of God plays that beautiful song, your grave will open, you're going to come out, you're going to go up, and you're going to be with him in that place in the Father's house he is prepared just for you. What a day that's going to be. But only if you know him. Only if you are following him. You see, it's that compassion that Jesus feels for us. 
that moved him to go to the cross. It was that compassion that Jesus feels for us that caused him to submit to death and burial, burial in a borrowed tomb. It was that compassion that Jesus feels for me and for you that raised him from the dead so that death would be defeated and we could win and we could have life and we could have forgiveness and we could have hope. And in the midst of all the tragedy of life, so much reason to celebrate. It's all because of him, the resurrected Jesus, we celebrate this Easter Sunday. In fact, Jesus speaking about himself and about the Father. In John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 16 says, God, talking about his Father, so loved the world, that includes all of us, me and you, that he gave his only begotten Son. Jesus said, just like that young man in the end was the only son of that widow woman, I'm the only son of the Father in heaven, and he gave me his only Son for you, for you, so that whoever believes in me, Jesus said, would not have to perish, but have everlasting life. What about you? Are you believing? Are you obeying? Are you following Jesus? Does your life belong to him? Does your heart belong to him? Have you repented of your sin and asked Jesus to forgive you and to accept you into his family? Have you surrendered yourself to him and said, Jesus, be my Lord? Not only be my Savior, but be my Lord. Not only be my friend, but be my King. Not only be my help, but be my God. And I will live for you and serve you and trust you because, Jesus, you alone can give me hope. You alone have that kind of compassion for me. Have you done that? And if not, will you right now? If you've not committed your life to Christ and if you're not following Jesus today, will you right now, wherever you are, stop? And pray this prayer with me, a prayer of commitment to Jesus Christ. And there's nothing magical about these words. What matters is the attitude in your mind and the condition of your heart. Do you mean this and do you believe it? Because if you mean what you're getting ready to pray, and if you believe it, God will hear that prayer. He will answer that prayer and he will give you new life. And everything we've talked about today when it comes to the future will be a promise that he gives to you. If you want to give your life to Christ, pray with me right now. Bow your head, close your eyes, and pray in your heart. Mean this and believe it. Pray with me right now. Dear Jesus, I know I'm not ready to die. I am a sinner. And if I died today, I would not go to heaven. But I believe you have compassion for me. I believe you love me. I believe you died on the cross for me. And that you will forgive me. Right now, Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Forgive me all my sin. I accept your gift of eternal life. I accept you, Jesus, as my Savior. I accept you as my Lord. I surrender to you. I commit myself to you. Lord Jesus, thank you for hearing this prayer. And for answering it. Thank you for coming into my life. And for giving me. Give me the strength I need to live for you. Help me never be ashamed of you. I love you Jesus. I love you Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer I want you to do something. 
There's a number on your screen right now, 803-310-4455. Text the word Jesus to that number and then follow the prompt to let me know that you've prayed to commit your life to Christ because I have some literature I want to send you at no cost to help you in your relationship with Christ, to help you understand the decision you've made and to help you grow as a follower of Christ. And then next Sunday, you need to go to church. You need to tell the pastor, if you're here in Rock Hill, come to First Baptist and tell me or one of our other pastors. If you live in another city, go to a Bible teaching, Bible believing church there and tell the pastor you've committed your life to Christ and that you want to follow him in baptism and then begin growing as a Christian. Look forward to hearing from you. Happy Easter. I look forward to being with you again next Sunday morning. God bless you.